Next on BYU Sports Nation, KVN does it again. Kyle Van Oy gets a sack and a ring on Super Bowl Sunday. It was a big night for Gavin Baxter and Nick Emery, and it led to a BYU win on Saturday. And Zach Wilson is in a sling. How long is he out? We'll ask offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are in Studio B. It is Monday, February 4th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton partied too hard. So I'm teamed up with Super Bowl commercial critic Jason Shepard. Weak, weak. It was such weak commercials, right? Horrible commercials. They, they used to be really funny, you know, and, and now it's just uh, more promotional. Like it, it more just it FYI. fit. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I was pleased with the outcome of the Super Bowl. I'm not a fan of either team, but like I the game. Of, I was uh, pleased with the outcome, like that the team that won won of the game. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wanted the Patriots to win, but the game was experience. The game the was not exciting. Right? And, and the fact that you didn't even have any excitement to look forward to when they went to commercial break with some funny commercials. The best commercial of all of them, in my opinion, was the NFL 100 commercial Agreed. with all of the Hall of Famers and the history. That was great. Agreed. Beyond that, like, the one you brought up, the, the, uh, Audi? the Audi commercial where the guy, the guy was, met his joking. grandpa and like, was getting into this car and then gets pulled back into real life. That was pretty good. That made me laugh. But yeah. that was it. There was nothing else. It was, yeah. it was a horrible night all the way around. It was tough. And the Super Bowl MVP was Tracy Wolfson, the, the sideline reporter trying to get Tom Brady. Basically <laughs> just rushed by all the media. Wow. Um, yeah, you're, you're a sideline reporter, uh, you know, Spencer, Lauren McClain. You guys need to lift weights. I know you lift. Um, you got to be like Tracy Wolfson because if, if you're getting in there and you got to get that interview, she was awesome. You got to have that stick to itiveness. She was not that's, leaving Tom Brady's side. I think that's side. one word with a bunch of dashes, right? Why not? Yeah, awesome. We have a lot of content to talk about. Uh, today's show looks like this BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joins us in 15. Why is Zach Wilson in a sling? He was at halftime of the basketball game with Kalani Satake and Micah Simon and others. He's in a sling. Uh, you know, what's the injury? How long is he going to be out? When is the new offensive line coach going to be hired? Jaron Hall playing baseball. Lots to talk with Jeff Grimes about. Dennis Pitta played in a Super Bowl six years ago. Can you believe that? It's been six years. He I'm breaks, just happy you're saying his name. He break, I, I would love to get Dennis on all the time. It's not my choice. Producer's choice. Breaks down Kyle Van Oy's performance. And Spencer and I are tied in and one. Who took the lead, if anybody? But first, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kyle Van Oy had four tackles and a sack as the New England Patriots defeat the L.A. Rams in Super Bowl 53, 13-3. Van Oy and the Patriots win their second championships in three seasons. Congratulations to KVN. BYU men's basketball beat LMU 67-49 Saturday night. Gavin Baxter in his first career start as a Cougar scored 25 points and grabbed 10 rebounds, including this hammer. Cannon lobs. Nick Emery also scored 17 points, including 5 of 5 from 3. BYU plays at Portland Thursday night at 11 Eastern on BYU Radio. It was great to see those two guys get going. Gavin, you saw what he can do, just dominated. And then Nick Emery. Is Nick Emery back? We'll discuss. BYU Women's Hoops loses to Pepperdine 79-65 Saturday. The Cougars' second straight loss. Bummer of a week. You get ranked and then, boom, back-to-back losses. 
BYU's backcourt combined for 24 points. BYU's in second place in the WCC, one game behind Gonzaga. Will fall out of the top 25 today, it's anticipated, and have already fallen out of ESPN's bracketology. It was a bad week for women's hoops. They look to bounce back this week. Yeah, tough week, certainly. BYU women's gymnastics scored third place in their tri-meet versus number 18 Cal and number 19 Arizona State on Saturday. Shannon Evans got a career-high 9.925 on vault and a career-best 39.475 all around. Cougars are now ranked number 21. Three ranked teams in that meet. Uh, BYU hoping to score more in the 196s, so uh, they're looking to uh, jump up as well. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We talked to him uh, late last week, but congratulations to former Cougar Kyle Van Noy, who elevated and leveraged the BYU Sports Nation karma from our chat to a Super Bowl win. The only thing stronger than the karma is the combo of Bill Belichick <laughs> and Tom Brady. Uh, Van Noy is a Super Bowl champ twice over now. He's one of nine active Cougars on 53-man rosters. So I ask you this, Jason. Is Kyle Van Noy the most impactful Cougar in the NFL right now? Right now, I think he is. Look, he's the leading tackler on a Super Bowl-winning team. Like, he's not just on the field, you know, occasionally. The guy leads the team in tackles, all right? Sorensen with my Chiefs, Taysom with the Saints, Jamal with the Packers. Those are all guys that are that are making impacts. But right now, it is Kyle Van Noy. And look... Ziggy Ansah could be if health issues weren't keeping him off the field. Ziggy is a dominant defensive end. He just can't stay healthy. And I'm really curious to see where he lands and if he's able to get back to form. Honestly, though, if I ranked the former Cougars currently in the NFL in order of impactfulness. Your Jason impactful power ranking. Yes, this is my power ranking. J-I-P-R. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Let's let's get a graphic. The Jipper? The Jipper. I like it. Number one would be KVN. Number two, Dirty Dan. Dan Sorensen. Biased. <laughs> if I were biased, he'd be number one. Well, no, you can't put him one. But <laughs> number, two is biased. <laughs> number three would be Taysom. Okay. Number four, Mike Davis. Ooh. Okay. Mike Davis. Starting at corner. Four. Wow. Jamal at five. Ziggy at six. Interesting. Only because he just can't stay healthy. Right. I, I think Ziggy Ansah is the best player out of all those. Oh, guys. I agree. But in, in terms of impact, yeah, I got to go with Kyle Van Noy. If uh, the pass interference had been called for the Saints. And the Saints played in that game and won. And Taysom had a, a good game. I think today we would be saying Taysom Hill. But he wasn't in the game. And Kyle was. And what won the game for the Patriots? The defense. Their defensive plan was incredible. That Rams offense was awesome. If you had breathed a breath from Sean McVay, you got a job in the offseason. And Bill Belichick outcoached him. In fact, McVay said after the game, admitted, I'm kind of numb right now. I was outcoached. And in that conversation, by the way, at the, the podium, Kyle Vannoy interrupted and shook McVay's hand because I didn't think he, he got to on the field. So that was kind of cool to see. But I'm with you. I think Kyle Vannoy right now is the most impactful uh, guy. Earlier in the season with the Patriots, we were saying this isn't the same Patriots team. Defense has kind of struggled. Kyle Vannoy scored two touchdowns this season. He had a sack. He had two sacks in the uh, championship game, then a sack in the Super Bowl. He really came to play, and it's great to see him thrive at the next level because we saw he could be – a, a wreck-a-game type player, no more uh, better quarter to uh, to explain that than the 2012 Poinsettia Bowl where he single-handedly Dominated. won that game. And here he is on Super Bowl Sunday, a few years later, uh, wreaking havoc against the Rams for the whole world to see. Look, I think what you said about Taysom is, is really interesting because it's not where you have the other guys who are, they, they play their position. Now, Sorensen also plays special teams, but Taysom, 
special teams, all over the quarterback, yeah. running back, receiver. So, I mean, I can certainly see a case being made for Taysom. If it they really, had won the Super Bowl, it, I think we'd be saying his name it, today. It could yeah. very well have gone that direction. Ah, what could have been. If a, if a call had been made. Well, and your team uh, could have been in as well. Yeah, the Patriots lose that coin toss. How about that one? Jeez. <laughs> Saturday night was Gavin Baxter's first career start as a BYU Cougar. He finished with 25 points and 10 rebounds, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Sean Bradley is the only other Cougar to record 10, excuse me, 20 points and 10 rebounds in his first start as a freshman. Stats are for Bradley. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, A-Rod. Thank you. Bradley had 23 points, 14 rebounds back in 1990 versus East Tennessee State. Look out. That's, that's going back a ways. Who? Gavin Baxter, Sean Bradley, the only Cougars to get at least 20 and 10 in their first starts as freshmen. Okay, it, it reminded us of a, a different performance. It did. And I put out a poll on Saturday along these lines. Look. When Zach Wilson made his first start against Hawaii, kind of, it, it reminded us of that start. Wilson in that game threw for 194 yards, three touchdowns, not to mention rushing for 16 yards and a TD. So the question that I ask you now, who had the better first start as a freshman? Was it Gavin Baxter or Zach Wilson? I'm going with Zach Wilson because to play quarterback in college football is much harder than to play power forward in college basketball. That's my number one argument in this. Zach was awesome. Remember, Hawaii was 6-1 and one and rolling right. at the time. Okay, This wasn't any Hawaii team. They end up losing four or five in a row after this. Uh, but 16-24, to 194, 8.1 yards per attempt, four total touchdowns, three passing. Remember that rushing touchdown where he jukes a guy, gets into the end zone on fourth down, one pick. I thought Zach Wilson's performance was awesome. I think Gavin's was too, but if you're making me pick one, I say Wilson. Look, this one was actually very close for me, and I almost went with Gavin because the immense pressure to have that type of performance when the profit is on the first row. Oh, you're playing the, game, the profit card. I'm just nice. saying, like, but ultimately I go with Zach Wilson as well. What Gavin did was awesome. I don't remember. We, we just mentioned the stat of the day. I did not know that until we had the stat of the day because I didn't Impressive. remember another basketball player having that type of debut. Yeah. The reason Zach gets the nod for me is because he had expectations that day. When the, when the current starter is sat down, they make a change at the quarterback position because they think that you are a better guy for that spot. So because of that, you need to be the better guy. And there's pressure involved in that. And I thought Zach more than met expectations that day. He gave, and not only that, he gave the offense a spark for the rest of the year. So for me, I go with Zach Wilson. Certainly not downplaying anything that Gavin did. And in uh, the spirit of what you just said, Gavin Baxter's expectation was to be himself, not necessarily just be better than Luke Worthington. Luke, a good defender. He doesn't register in the box scores much. But Gavin Baxter's out here nailing three-pointers, multiple. Okay, and then he's dunking all over the dunks and threes. Like, this is exactly what you want to watch. Nick Emery's making three. It was fun. Gavin Baxter made BYU basketball fun again on Saturday. And on the heels of a 30-point loss to Gonzaga, that is exactly what BYU hoops needed. And it was awesome. He was great. Okay, Gavin Baxter barked twice in Milwaukee, and he set Cougar Twitter ablaze with the 25 and 10, as we mentioned. Don't forget about the season high and potential, perhaps, reemergence of one Nick Emery, who scored 17 points, including 5 of 5 from 3. Like this. Hands it to Haas. Cougars come running. Cannon to Emery for 3. Got it! 
Finally. Finally, we saw Nick Emery, right? Jason, which is more sustainable going forward, Gavin Baxter or Nick Emery's performance? Uh, I'm going to go with Baxter. I, I think Gavin's play not even mad. is more sustainable. With, with Baxter in the starting lineup, he's going to have every opportunity to continue that type of play. Also, Gavin has been on a, on a steady incline in terms of minutes and production. Nick had a great game, and it was a huge boost, not just for the team, but for him. Mm-hmm. His trajectory, though, hasn't been the same as Gavin's. We all know Nick's more than capable of putting up those kinds of numbers, but as of right now, I think Gavin's production has the best chance to be sustainable moving on. I think I agree with you. If Nick Emery played uh, you know, 75% of what he played like on Saturday, he would be a starter over Connor Harding, in my opinion. Um, perhaps you don't because of matchups. Well, he started whatever. the second half. And he did start the second half. That tells you something. Nick Emery was locked in, and it was great. Because if these two guys, they're not going to play like this every game, let's be honest. But if these two guys can be more consistent in terms of contributing strongly, consistently, now BYU is clearly one of the top three teams. And you're trying to be number two in the league. That is a championship in and of itself because of how Gonzaga is this year. And then you get a buy into the semis, and now we're talking. If BYU is the three or four seed, there's really no difference, other than the streak that BYU has been in the top three the last seven years. So I'm with you. I think it's Gavin Baxter. Certainly his upside's high. But Nick Emery is one of the top 50 uh, best scores in BYU basketball history. That's not an opinion. That's by points. This guy can play. BYU needs him to be a double-digit score, whether it's off the bench or a starter, because then they can be who we want them to be. I think one of the reasons that BYU isn't as good as they want to be this year is because it's taken a minute for Nick Emery to get into things. I'm going to give him a minute, too. I don't know at what point we say, okay, now is time, and perhaps that's passed for you. But for me, given what he's gone through off the court, and apparently you know, his circulation with thoracic outlet syndrome is still giving him some trouble sometimes, it's, it's not to be expected that he's kind of the same guy. Maybe next I'm, – I'm not sure how to deal with the, the Nick Emery situation and how, how much to ask of him. Well, and, and Coach Rose this last week, and he's mentioned it a couple of times, has talked about just how he sees the old Nick back in terms of feeling confident that things, things are just are, – are working a lot better for him on and off the court. And so he, he basically you just kind of assume if those things are starting to get you know turned around and he's feeling a lot better about those types of things off the court, that the game will come around shortly as well. The only thing, the, the big thing about that game, beyond the performances of Nick and, and Gavin, were they did that. Be, now, let's be honest. LMU's not a... a the greatest team in the conference. They were middle of the pack. You have 16 wins. They, I understand. They're, they're a good team, but they're, they're, not, they're not one of the best teams sure. in the conference. BYU but was BYU, a better team. But BYU was able to get those types of performances from Nick and Gavin while TJ and Yoli didn't put up the numbers that Great we've point. seen every game so far. 12 points combined. And so, so I think that that gives you some confidence that it doesn't have to be just the two people and Yoli and TJ that can lead this team to victory. You're starting to see these other players, the third guy, the fourth guy, starting to step up. That's a great sign for BYU basketball. And BYU scored a season-low 23 points at half. This was not not just uh, wanted. It was needed to win the game. Our question of the day, who had the better first start as a freshman, Gavin Baxter or quarterback Zach Wilson? Here are your responses in the Voice of the Nation. This is... The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At the Fongolian on Instagram, this one is hard, but they both showed they belonged in the starting spot. 
Lancers' Gavin Baxter. The hype between, behind Zach's start was huge and highly anticipated, and he answered with a solid game. I'd say four touchdowns is beyond solid. Um, <laughs> two is solid. Gavin's first start came under the radar, and he responded with career highs in multiple statistical categories. Career high 25 and 10. It was awesome. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grime joins us next. What improvement was he most pleased with from the offseason and an update on Zach Wilson? Yeah, why is he in a sling? How long is he out? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, you can watch or listen to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio as Coach Rose, Captain Luke Worthington, and Strength and Conditioning Coach Eric Short join Greg Rubel to discuss Cougar Hoops. Reserve your seats for the show in Studio C right now. Go to BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. It's tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Great to have you. Our first guest of the day is the offensive coordinator heading into his second season. His name is Jeff Grimes. Jeff, great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. How are you doing? First guest of the day. Wow. I feel honored. It's great to have you. Uh, what would you think of the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy it? Was it a good game? How was the party? Uh, glad it was a close game. Disappointed there weren't more points scored. Yeah, an offensive coordinator would say that, right? Yeah, you want to see more points. Uh, Absolutely. Let's, let's jump right into uh, last season, then we'll uh, skip ahead to, to Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. Lots to discuss here. Uh, some notable improvements from the offense last year. Uh, you're headed into spring ball just in a couple of weeks, which is crazy. What did you like most about the improvement from uh, in, in your first year? I think the biggest thing was just the difference in the uh, overall willingness to compete confidence level with the players. I think the culture changed maybe even more at times than some of the stats may sell. And I think the kids bought into what we asked them to do. And as the season progressed, um, you know, we made some significant changes as we move forward with different personnel. Um, and, and they were willing to do everything that we asked and went out every Saturday. And I think felt like we were going to win. From an offensive standpoint, Coach, what's been that priority for you and the offensive staff in the offseason? Um, recruiting <laughs> so far. Just trying to upgrade our talent level, number one. Uh, but we'll start here now that we're, we're off the road. Signing day coming up Wednesday, we'll move ahead with getting ready for spring ball. And, you know, we'll spend a couple of weeks looking at all of our uh, stats and cut-ups from this season spend some time looking at what we did well, what we didn't do as well, and decide what we'll do differently moving forward. Speaking of recruiting, last year you kind of had to play a little catch-up after getting hired. How, how has this year been different in terms of having a full season and an off-season to prepare for recruiting? Yeah, much better. You know, you just recruiting is about relationships more than anything else, and I think the opportunity to build those relationships over the period of a year made a difference, but I think Really, it, it starts nowadays a whole lot earlier than that. And so I think this next recruiting class will show those relationships we've been able to build over a two-year period. What positions uh, were a priority in this particular recruiting class that you're hoping to add the second, uh, I guess, wave from December and now on Wednesday to? Uh, running back is one, obviously, losing a couple of guys. So we've, we've been spending some time looking at running backs. Um, 
and then you know our recruiting model is a little bit different so we're always going to take the best players that are that are a natural fit for BYU and in some years that may mean a little bit more of one thing than another and then obviously we may not see some a lot of those guys for a couple years Coach, uh, Kalani, Zach Wilson, some other players were at the BYU basketball game on Saturday, and Zach's arm was in a sling. What can you tell us about his injury, and when do you think he's going to be able to practice again? Um, I'm aware of it. know that they, that they worked on it, but I, I don't know exactly how long they're anticipating for him to be in the sling or to be out. So, so not sure about spring ball quite yet? Correct. Gotcha. Let's talk about Jaron Hall, who's uh, a, a good baseball player. And, and we talked to uh, Kalani Sataki a couple weeks ago about this. But I guess what's the plan for managing him? Because he is a dual sport athlete and, and he's uh, no slouch of baseball. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, I've heard that. I think we're, we're st- we'll still see him most, if not all, the spring practice. And I've been around that before where you had a guy that played football in another sport. If a guy is good enough to help another team, then then you uh, manage it the best you can, but know that, that spring ball is important, um, particularly for a young young guy plays quarterback. Moroni Laulu-Pututau was running the other day, so that's obviously a good sign when you've got a weapon like that that unfortunately his season was cut short with injury. Being able to, to get him back and healthy, uh, what have you been seeing from him uh, as he progresses from that injury? Yeah, I think he's ahead of schedule from what the trainers have said. Um, and obviously we love him. He's a, he's a, he's a great talent and was on track for a great year last year. And so hopefully, you know, he's a guy that's been injured a lot, but hopefully he's, he's got those things behind him now and can move ahead and have a full year. Do you still have a mustache, Jeff? I do not. You, oh, you lost it. When did you shave it? Yeah. The day after the bowl game. Oh, wow. So it was, you wasted no time then. (laughs) Yeah, I made a deal with my wife. And it was this, it was the duration of the season then? That's right. Okay. Yeah. How has this offseason been uh, different for you versus last season where you were just hired, uh, there were a lot of questions, you know, of, of figuring out the playbook, and you, you get Zach Wilson right away. So how has this been a little different for you one year later? Well, like I said, to this point, we've spent most of our time recruiting, so we're not really in the full offseason mode. I think what will be different is we'll be able to go the next level with our staff and our players a whole lot sooner. The other thing last year is at this point we're a big part of what we're doing is hiring staff, and you know at this point um, most of that is intact. And so I, I am excited to get get signing day behind us and be able to move ahead with um, getting ready for spring ball, which will be here very soon. Coach, speaking of the offensive staff, Ryan Pugh, now the offensive coordinator at Troy, I know you guys had a pretty special relationship and still do, I'm sure. How proud are you of what Ryan accomplished here, and where do things stand on hiring a new O-line coach? Well, we're in the process of interviewing some guys. We've got three or four guys. Of course, I've talked to a lot of guys, and a lot of people have shown interest in the job, really qualified coaches. But we've got three or four guys that we're in the process of interviewing, I was sad to lose Ryan, but at the same time, I was I was honestly happy for him. It's a good opportunity for him, um, back close to home, 
He's got a, a young child, and so it's a chance for him to be back close to his family during this time where his family's just getting started. But, you know, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if a coach comes in for a year and then leaves for something better if he's contributed to the program. If, if a guy's able to leave the place better than it was when he came, then I think that's still a plus. And that certainly looks to be the case, and uh, you just lose one starter on that offensive line, which is exciting as well. Let's finish with this, Jeff. Uh, The 2019 schedule is out. Certainly another challenging, compelling, and great home schedule. You start with Utah, at Tennessee, USC, Washington, and many others. What sticks out about the 2019 schedule? Uh, Start with Utah. That's what that's what sticks out to me. I can't wait for that game. You know, leaving the 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 field last year with such a bad taste in my mouth, having the opportunity, I felt like if we could have just uh, done a little bit better there in the fourth quarter, we'd have walked away with a win and 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 really frustrated that we didn't get that done. And so, I think for our staff and our players, it gives us great motivation for the next six months knowing that that's who we open with. Absolutely, and you've been to Knoxville a bunch. That's the next week. Yeah, it's a fun place to play. There will be a lot of people there and a great chance for us to go show what kind of program we've got playing playing against a team and, and the best conference in the country. Always good to be in Rocky Top. Jeff, we appreciate the time, and we will talk to you Wednesday on BYU Football Signing Day. We're very excited about that. Thanks for the time. All right, sounds good, guys. Take care. Jeff Grimes on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. We appreciate Jeff joining us. We will talk to him Wednesday, Kalani Sataki, and many others on a, a two-hour edition of BYU Football Signing Day. Uh, what was the thing that uh, Coach Grimes was looking forward to the most about the upcoming schedule? Utah. Hit it! Countdown to the Utes. I liked his comments, too. I walked out of that stadium with a bad taste in my mouth. We're going to be motivated, you know, for six months of the offseason to be able to get to that game. August 29th, man. I love that that's game one of the oh, season. absolutely. Love it. I, I believe it's, what, three of the next six yes. or four of the next six? So yep. That's perfect. Coming up, Dennis Pitta knows a thing or two about winning a Super Bowl. And despite Jerem trying to keep him off the program. It's not me. He will join us a little bit later on to talk about the Patriots. I don't book the, sh- the uh, show guests. Come on. Plus, our N1 picks. This is BYU Sports Nation. Dennis, come on. Dennis. Dennis. Welcome back, Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. It is a Monday. It's a Super Bowl Monday as well. Hopefully you had a great uh, Super Bowl party. It was an okay game, whatever. But we've got some BYU Sports Nation headlines for you. In that game, Kyle Vannoy, four tackles and a sack. He brought Jared Goff to his knees, literally, as the New England Patriots defeat the L.A. Rams in Super Bowl 53, 13-3. KVN and Christian Stewart both beat... Uh, Jared Goff, don't ask Vanquish the Foe or you fans about how that article went, by the way. Benoit and the Patriots win their second title in three seasons. BYU men's basketball, that's really good, actually. BYU men's basketball beat LMU 67-49 on Saturday. Gavin Baxter, in his first career start as a BYU Cougar, scored 25 points and grabbed 10 rebounds, also had two blocked shots. Nick Emery, coming off the bench and starting the second half, scored 17 points, including 5 of 5 from 3. BYU, a split week, a road game on Thursday at Portland and then at home. 
Thursday's game against the Pilots, 11 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. When two days separate the games, it's kind of weird to do that. I yes. get it from a financial perspective. Remember in the Mountain West, they do Wednesday, Saturday. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, LMU was coming off of a win. Now, they were at home and traveled. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's everybody's got to do it. It's just BYU's right. chance to do it now. Right. BYU women's hoops lost to Pepperdine 79-65 Saturday. The Cougars' second straight loss after getting into the top 25. BYU's backcourt combined for 24 points. BYU's in second place in the West Coast Conference. Will fall out of the top 25, and they've already fallen out of ESPN's bracketology. But... Conference title, still, uh, you know, an opportunity there at uh, just beyond the halfway point. One game back in the next. BYU Women's Gymnastics scored third place in their tri-meet with number 18 Cal and number 19 Arizona State. That was on Saturday. Shannon Evans got a career high 9.925 on vault and a career best 39.475 all around. Cougars now ranked number 21. BYU played LMU in men's hoops. That means it's and one time. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, we give two picks. The first one's worth two. If you get that, you have a chance at the one-pointer. Standings coming into Saturday's game. 15-15. Here are Spencer's picks. Jason, do the honor. Uh Spencer's two-pointer. BYU by six-plus. Swish! Yes. Got it. BYU won by 18. And one! <laughs> they were down at half. And his and one. LMU will out-rebound BYU. Swish! Two for two. LMU, 30 to 29. How about that? Gavin Baxter had uh, 10 of those. So yes, he did. My two-pointer, BYU will score 74-plus. The first half doomed BYU. They uh, scored 23, so they had no shot at that point. And my one-pointer. And one! Uh, BYU will out-rebound LMU. We went head-to-head on the one-pointer. But I, I wouldn't get it anyways. I missed the two-pointer. So Spencer quickly vaults back into the lead, 18-15. to 15. So there we go. Congratulations to... What about my picks? The spender. What were your picks? Remind me. Let's just move on. <laughs> there were no picks. There were no picks. That's why. Yeah. You should just do prop. That's what prop I mean. Picks. Like on the on the days like we're doing like in the game. Well, I guess they are prop to some degree, but I will, you should do prop. I picks. will have picks of my own, and then on the days that I'm you know that I would need to present them, I will have like, them ready to go. You just put them out on Twitter. Like Mark Durant always tweets. A Fine. Score. I actually did have picks. What are they? My okay. picks were nobody cares. The BYU. <laughs> <laughs> that Gavin Baxter, the, that Gavin Baxter would score a career high twenty five and ten. Okay, that was you know my what? that was my two point. Today's question of the day: Who? Had the... <laughs> and, oh, you didn't. And my and one. <laughs> Fine, don't play along. It's well, whatever. What, what was it? It was that BYU would win. It was that Nick Emery would go. Five it was that five. Nick Emery would start the second half and yeah. score seventeen points, including five for five from three. You know what? Milk was a bad choice. Okay. <laughs> Question of the day. Who had the better first start as a freshman? Gavin Baxter, men's hoops, Saturday? Or Zach Wilson against Hawaii? At Sid Bowerbank on Instagram. Zach Wilson. He came in and restored hope to football after such a bad loss to Utah State. Baxter had a good individual game, but he didn't change the dynamic of his team like Wilson did. And we did uh, have Jeff Grimes on the program in the previous segment. We did ask him about the sling, and uh, he said uh, it's not known how long he'll be out. So we'll see if Zach Wilson uh, participates in spring ball. Uh, you know, certainly if it, it when a guy's arm in a, is in a sling like that, it's, it looks like a shoulder injury. Okay, yeah. so and typically a shoulder injury is not going to last you more than four to six months. So I would anticipate, without knowing exactly what the injury is, uh, that. Zach Wilson would be back for fall camp, no problem. But the question is spring ball. And then you have Jaron Hall playing baseball. So you know whose time it is in uh, spring ball, maybe? Your boy, maybe one of the all-time greats and all said and done, Joseph Critchlow.
Is it Joe Critchlow's time? He just got married. Yeah. It'd be a nice follow-up. Yeah. It's his time. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah, we don't we, – at this point, we, we don't know. Uh, Coach Grimes – Said he wasn't sure, so we'll have to wait until there's uh, further information maybe, on that. Maybe he's on the MLP uh, regiment where he's back suddenly way sooner than you think. Uh, at WD Heath 40 on Twitter. Definitely Gavin Baxter. He blew already high expectations away. From alley-oops to threes, the only thing he couldn't do was disappoint. Uh, that is going to be one of those peak moments. If Gavin Baxter has a better game than that, I'll be surprised. 25-10, and 10, just absolute domination, hit two triples. That was awesome. Like, how do you beat that? Yeah. Dwight uh, Cornell on Facebook says, I'm going to give this one to Baxter with Zach a close second. Baxter really changed this game. There's no question oh, he did. Oh, yeah, BYU scores a seasonal of 23. They're down at the half. They need yeah, They're down spark. three, yes. They're down three, 26-23, like you said. And what did I tell you? You and I were hanging out. Mm-hmm. You and I were hanging out in, uh, in the BYU Radio Studios for the game. And I, I said to you, this has all of the makings of a great halftime speech, and BYU comes out in the second half and... Like looks like a completely different team. That's exactly what happened. The second half, completely different, and BYU dominated LMU at that point. LMU slows you down. Yep. That's why they lead the league in scoring defense in all games, not in league games. That would be Gonzaga at 55 a game, which is just stupid. Uh, LMU slowed it down, and BYU had trouble in the first half, minus Gavin Baxter. Then Nick Emery got hot, and it was awesome. At uh, Preston Paris 50 on Instagram, Zach Wilson, because he took over the face of an entire program, Childs and Haas are still the face of the BYU basketball program. Good point. Um, but Gavin Baxter's your starter until something dramatic happens with him. He's going to start. You bring Luke Worthington off the bench. You hope he plays good defense like he has been, and you go from there. Zach Wilson, it, that's absolutely true. He became the face yes. of BYU football. And when he addressed the crowd on Saturday, it's, there's an electricity to seeing your guy off his freshman year, feeling good. But then there was this weird vibe of, why are you in a sling, right? And then, and then everyone on Twitter was like, wow, what's going on? Look, the reason I went with Zach, and, and we talked about this in, in the A block, he had expectations coming in. A change was made at quarterback, so they were putting him in a position saying, we believe we need you. We, we, we've got to have you perform, yes. and then he did. And not only performed in that game against Hawaii, but continued to perform, and, and like some of the people have talked about, transformed this offense not, not only gave it a jolt, but added an ingredient that it didn't have in terms of his escapability, his running ability. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, Gavin was great, but my answer to this one was Zach. If Gavin becomes the leading scorer on the team for the rest of the year, that would be the equivalent of what Zach Wilson did in terms of what he's being asked to do. And you're exactly right. Yoli Childs and T.J. Haas had an off night. LMU focused on them, took them out of the game, wasn't their night. They, uh, they combined for, what, 12 points or something? Gavin Baxter was needed in that moment, uh, and it was great to see. And, they were, and they, a lot of his points were very high percentage shots. I mean, we're talking wide open three lobs, or dunks. Yes, yeah. lobs at the rim. Yes, like that's perfect. Yes. for him. And you know what this does now? It opens up uh, uh, lanes for other guys. Uh, the drive and kick. Uh, the Yoli Childs perhaps can't yes. be doubled as often because yes. Gavin can't shoot threes. Slash, he's just good at getting the just lob it up high. You, you tweeted the Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it's, effect, it's what right? the Jazz do with Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And this and, and Coach Rose mentioned this with Greg and Mark on post game. He's like, now Gavin's going to move up on the scouting report a little bit. Yes. So you're right. Yes. That may open things up for some other guys. Now we'll, we'll get to see when they can't always double on Yoli or can't always double on TJ. I, I'm excited to see what what's next. 
for this group. Big game at Portland. I mean, not a great team. This should be another opportunity for BYU to yeah, kind of showcase themselves a little go bit. Win. Coming up, I found time for Dennis Pitta, despite this guy right here. How impressed is he with what Kyle Vannoy and the Patriots have accomplished? I don't book the guests. I'm going to repeat that. And what is a good game in terms of the Super Bowl, in his opinion? Was it a good game? This is BYU Sports Night. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up this Wednesday, February 6th, help us celebrate National Signing Day on BYU Sports Nation. Here from Kalani Satake and other coaches as we introduce you to the newest batch of BYU football players in a two-hour special from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is our question of the day. Who had the better first start as a freshman? Gavin Baxter in hoops on Saturday. Or Zach Wilson, football quarterback against Hawaii. At Twiggy Stone on Twitter. That is tough. Wilson did throw an interception, so I'm going to have to give it to Baxter. Hold on. Wilson had four touchdowns. Come on. It seemed like every time I turned around, he was throwing down another dunker, making a three. Could just be recency bias. I think both were great. If I have to pick one, I, I go with Zach Wilson. Yeah, there, there's. let's be honest. There's no wrong answer to this. Oh, absolutely there is. Wow. It's whatever answer our next guest brings to the table. Oh, boy. On the Deseret First Credit oh, Union boy. hotline, his name is Dennis Pitta. Dennis, what's up, man? Not much. It's a real pleasure, man. This is like two times in two weeks that I'm on here now. I know, I know. Uh, ben keeps booking it, which is great. And uh, Spencer didn't want to talk to you, so he took the day off. Uh, can you believe that it's been That's six funny. years since you played in Super Bowl Forty-Seven? Yeah, it is weird. And what's funny is just, I think a couple of days ago, my wife was showing me on her phone, you know how your phone brings up old memories or whatever. This, this happened six years ago on this day, and it was all the Super Bowl photos. So it was kind of fun to, to look at some of those, but it's kind of crazy to me that it's been six years. It doesn't feel that long ago. I mean, I know it was in 2013, but uh, it just felt like a few Super Bowls ago that we were playing. But, um, you know, what a great memory. And uh, it's always good to go to the Super Bowl and win. And uh, I, I always give Austin Collie a hard time because he went to the Super Bowl, but he lost. So it's, it's not as good to lose. So do, are you one of the guys that wears the ring? Is the ring like in a, in a lockbox? Where, where, how do you display the ring? Uh, I don't display it. I don't wear it either. Um, it's a little, it's a little bulky to wear all the time. But uh, what a problem! I have it in a safe place. Yeah, it is a problem. It, it's, heavy. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. So, what would be the um, occasion, though, that you would bring it out and wear it? Uh, there has not been an occasion where I have brought it out and worn it uh, to an event or anything like that. I'm sure uh, if I were to go back to the Super Bowl and visit or do something like that. I might wear it, show it off. I don't know. I haven't found quite the right time to, to sport it in a public setting yet. So uh, just at home, show it off to the people that come by or friends or whatever it may be. But like that is, that is a prime opportunity when you have to like give a talk in sacrament meeting, you have that Super Bowl ring, like sitting over the edge of the, of the pulpit. That is, that's prime time right there, Dennis. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, I don't know that that's the great setting to do that. <laughs> yeah, but, distract uh, from the worship. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> right. But it's a good thought. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk to you about Kyle Van Oy in just a second, but what is it like to play in a Super Bowl? There's so much hype. It's such a spectacle, right? What, what was it like to play in that? Yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head. It, it's a spectacle. It's, 
there's so much media attention and media hype, and you don't really understand that until you get into the game itself. And it's really two weeks leading up to the game that it's just nonstop media. And then you finally get to the city. Um, our Super Bowl was in New Orleans. You get there on Monday, and Tuesday is kind of like media frenzy day. And you have media outlets from all over the world. I, I more interviews in Spanish than I had ever done my entire life, obviously because I went on a Spanish-speaking mission. And so they found that out, and I had every Spanish reporter asking me questions in Spanish. And it's not the easiest thing to talk about football in Spanish when it's not a, a typical vernacular you use in, in the Spanish language. I, I could use words uh, talking about the gospel a lot more than, uh, than I could <laughs> We hope football, to baptize but... the Niners by fire. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. So, um, no, it was a lot of fun, but it, you realize how big of a, a spectacle you get out to that game, and there's just celebrities all over the field in pregame. I mean, you just understand it's just a completely different game than what you're used to playing in. The, uh, the game itself taking some hits is not being entertaining. Do you think last night's game was, quote-unquote, a, a good game? Um, if you're a defensive guy, it was a good game. Uh, I didn't like it particularly. I thought it was pretty boring for three and a half quarters. Uh, the first touchdown came, what, midway through the fourth. I mean, it was – I like to see a little bit more offense than that. But, I mean, you got to credit those two defenses and the way that they played against two really good offenses. Uh, the Rams, I mean, that's ranked offense in the league, and they put up three points all game. And so at, at one point during that game, you thought, well, it was going to be a kicker or a punter that was going to be the MVP. And so that's how bad <laughs> offensively the game was going. Um, but, you know, fortunately uh, there was a touchdown at least in the fourth quarter there, but it was pretty boring from from my perspective. Kyle Van Noy, uh, second Super Bowl title in the last three years. What did you think of his performance? Had the sack and four tackles. Well, I thought he played really well, and you just saw him all over the field. And even when he wasn't making a tackle or getting the sack, he was in the quarterback's face, he was getting a hurry or a hit on the QB. He was all over the field, and, and he was a guy whose name was called time after time. Um, he's continued to just emerge as one of their best defensive players for the Patriots, which is uh, really impressive to watch. And so it's, it's fun. You know, I know Kyle well. Uh, we have the same agent, and so I, I really root for him, and I'm was excited to play so well in that game and be able to get his second Super Bowl in three years. I mean, it's, it's so tough to play in that game, to get to that game, to win that game. For him to be able to do that uh, twice now in three years is impressive. Obviously, um, he gets a little help with number 12 on the other side of the ball there. But, <laughs> um, but nonetheless, awesome for him. So happy for him. want to congratulate him. Dennis, Wednesday's signing day. What do you remember about that time for you? <laughs> Is that a joke? I, there was no signing day for me. Well, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm aware of the situation. I'm asking, like, that whole the whole after high school, coming here, like, what was the whole thing like for you? This is, like, a big deal this signing week. Signing day was a real day. <laughs> I, I, I knew nothing about signing day. And, uh, you know, I had no scholarship offers, so um, I was a, a preferred walk-on at BYU. But signing day was uh, – a complete mystery to me. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know there was an actual day where everybody signed. Um, so signing day for me was non-existent. It, uh, I, I think I feel like you're making fun of me on that one. No, too. there was there was nothing. It's a big topic this week, and I wanted to know what that week and leading up to coming to BYU was like. There, there's some guests on scholarships. Others are preferred walk-ons, right? Preferred guests. What? Well, yeah, it it happens. Dennis, it's okay. It's okay. 
Uh, <laughs> no shot, Dennis, at all. <laughs> Let's talk about this. So Jaron Hall, BYU's likely backup quarterback this season after being the third string and then eventual backup last year, he's playing baseball, and he's actually pretty good. Are you, are you cool with the idea of the potential backup uh, playing baseball, especially when Zach Wilson, we don't know, he's in a sling right now, uh, potentially missing spring? We're not exactly sure. Are you cool with him playing baseball in this situation? Well, I'm cool with him playing baseball. I love when athletes play multiple sports. Um, you see so many kids in high school today in youth sports that just focus on one sport. Uh, and I'm a huge advocate of playing multiple sports, being a more well-rounded athlete. Now, it is a little bit different at the college level because you do have to kind of hone into a particular skill set. But, listen, baseball and football, especially football at the quarterback position, uh, are very similar. So you're training the same muscles. It's all about rotation. It's all about um, throwing the ball. And so I think that could only make him a better quarterback. I mean, you look at guys like Tyler Murray, or Kyler Murray, rather, um, for Oklahoma, and he's deciding whether to play baseball or football. I mean, it, it certainly didn't slow him down playing baseball at Oklahoma and being able to quarterback for their football team as well. And so I love it. I, I encourage him to play multiple sports if he can. I mean, not many guys get that opportunity uh, to, to play multiple sports at the collegiate level. So you have to support that, and I love it. If he has 20% of the results of Murray, I'd take that as well. Uh, Dennis, we appreciate the time, man. Congratulations six years ago you know, on winning the Super Bowl, and uh, we appreciate the time, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Was this the first time you congratulated me? It took six years for you to finally muster up that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember. The show wasn't on six years ago. But, yeah, c- congratulations, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Dennis Pitt on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, uh, we appreciate their sponsorship of the show. Okay, Dennis Pitta. It's been six years. I'm surprised by that. The, yeah, that's... It's been, the, I thought it would have been like four. It does seem yeah. like that's, that's too long ago because it just seemed like it just happened. That was the one where the, the lights went out during the Super Bowl. You remember? Yes. How in the, you, super, how in the super It was a lights out performance from the Ravens. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Coming up, not the best weekend for BYU Olympic sports. No, but we'll still tell you. And uh, JT for three. Jonathan Tavernari gets buckets overseas over the weekend. It's all in the whip after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to today's guest, Jeff Grimes, who no longer has a mustache, and the always-mentioned Dennis Pitta. We found time for him. Absolutely. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Kyle Vannoy had four tackles and a sack as the New England Patriots defeated the L.A. Rams in Super Bowl 53, final score 13-3. Vannoy and the Patriots won their second championship in three years. Basketball. Despite scoring a season-low 23 at halftime, BYU beat LMU 67-49 Saturday night. Gavin Baxter, in his first career start, scored 25 points out of 10 rebounds. Nick Emery off the bench. Season I 17, including 5 of 5 from 3. BYU plays in the 503 at Portland Thursday night. Women's basketball. Hoops loses to Pepperdine on Saturday, 79 65. That was the Cougars' second straight loss. BYU's backcourt combined for 24 points. BYU is currently in second place in the WCC. Gymnastics. Number 14, BYU scored a 194-975, good enough for third place in the tri-meet with number 18, Cal. Number 19, Arizona State, Saturday. Shannon Evans posted a career-high 9.925 on the vault and a career-best 39.475 in the all-around. Cougars now ranked number 21. Volleyball. Number three, BYU men's volleyball swept in back-to-back matches against number nine, UC Santa Barbara. Got this week. Swept. 
Yes, soccer. got swept. Excuse yeah, me. They, they lost Got both, swept. They did not sweep them. Surprising, yes. right? Yeah. Very surprising. Former BYU men's soccer players Matthew Kurtz and Peyton Pemberton signed professional contracts playing the second tier of Australian soccer. Tennis. Women's tennis falls 5-2 to Denver. Cougars are now 1-1 one one on the season. Hockey. BYU beat Utah State 5-3 on Saturday in Ogden, the home of Utah State. <laughs> such an Cougars in pro hoops. Not done. For the Cougars' first ever Wasatch Cup championship. Congratulations. Cougars in pro hoops. Uh, this stuff just writes itself. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth put up 13 points, 8 rebounds, 5 steals, and 3 assists for Raptors 905 in a 117-112 loss to the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Cougars overseas. Eric Minka scored 9 points, grabbed 6 rebounds in an 86-68 Beirut loss in Germany. Yeah. Jonathan Tavernari scored 22 points for uh, his team. In a, thank you. 108-82 win over Leonis Roma. Yeah. And Tyler House scored 12 points and dished out four assists for Huesca in the 20, uh, 74-61 loss in Espana. Swimming and diving. Gets first place overall in the two-day Air Force Invitational this past weekend. Gonzalez and Evans both earned season-high scores on the dive team to help them win. The Cougars will enjoy a two-week break before their next meet. A rise and shout goes to Kyle Benoit. Congratulations on a second Super Bowl ring in three years. KVN posted the following on Instagram after the game, which is our elite voice of the day as well. Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. Can't teach heart, baby. This team is built to win ships. Two-time champs can't tell us nothing. Parade time. Hashtag Pat's Nation. Hashtag peanut butter and jealous. <laughs> we, we talked to Kyle on Thursday. We aired that on Friday. Congratulations to him. He celebrated this morning. You want, did you see his Instagram post this morning where he celebrated? No. Waffle House. Very nice. Yes, exactly. Very nice. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is always on demand at BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Kurt Baxter. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Congrats to KVN. He does it again.